Greetings everyone and welcome back to the Egolution podcast. Um, this episode I'm really excited to welcome a long-lost friend um, from back in island life, uh, Saskia, um, onto the show. So welcome Saskia. You're welcome. Hi, thank you. Well, welcome is your part. Thank you so much for inviting me. <laughs> um, it's lovely to hear your voice again after such a long time. Um, and before we start and dive in, I'd love you to just kind of share with listeners a little bit about what it is that you that you do and what your offerings are. Well, thank you. So we met together when I was uh, a yoga teacher and running a yoga school to that time. And from that, I developed into being a yoga therapist, being an Ayurvedic scientist, even um, just today, actually, I'm supposed to receive my certification from uni for that. And I'm specialized in feminine health, especially menstrual health. And really hold this deep passion in my heart to allow women not only heal their periods and find pain-free periods, but truly find actually the bliss in bleeding and find this deep empowerment that our body is holding for us and really feel the calling and the gift of stepping into the strength and wisdom our womb has to offer. Amazing. Um, and I think... I've, it's definitely something that's become more open and people are speaking about it more and more in the last few years, um, women and men, but um, periods and bleeding and women's health has been such a taboo subject. I know when I was a teenager, like no one really spoke about it. You know, it's this mysterious thing that happened every month. Um, there was no time out. There was no um, understanding of what was actually happening in the body and often looked at as something a bit icky, a bit dirty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I remember that we had this moment where we celebrated when I had my first period, my mom was really cute, and we went out for dinner. But I even there, remember, there was this awkward feeling a little bit, because she celebrated it, and she wanted to make it like a beautiful initiation. But there was no education, because I feel like we didn't have education, actually, to that time. And and then also like this very standard procedures, like, oh, you get your period. So let's go to the gym. And then you go to gynecologist and all they do is just check up and then see, oh, is she gaining weight? Is she losing weight? Is she getting acne? Is her hair still the way it should be? And, if, and based upon that, then you just get the pill and that's all education you get. Right. It's like, and, oh, yeah, that, okay. and that's huge. I, I mean, I know, you know, I went on the pill as a teenager because it was, it was the, the done thing to do when you turn you know 16 17 18 even younger a lot of younger women too we mm -hmm. had a school nurse and she would just prescribe it to any woman that can't woman I say woman child we're mm -hmm. pretty much children um mm -hmm. here's here's the pill no one speaks about what it is what it does how it affects um your home, hormonal system your whole system and what it does mm -hmm. not just to the bleeding every month but what that actually means mm-hmm yeah, absolutely. Like there's no further education. And even before this further education, there's no deeper inquiry. And that was actually really the reason that gave me the calling to work with Ayurveda. It could have also been traditional Chinese medicine or any other holistic medicine. And because at one point I went to so many doctors for different reasons. And then I was just never the question. There was always a question, do you have an insurance? Are you governmental or privately insured? But it was never a question, how do you sleep? How do you eat? How do you cope with stress? How are crazy. your relationships done? <laughs> yes, exactly. And 
And I feel like this is the first step where then like putting us all onto their hormonal birth control really goes wrong because there's no further inquiry that might give really an indication how all these different symptoms do arise. And, but I feel like even more, there's also this society pressure that we have. Like I remember when I was a teenager, it was odd not to be on the pill. It was this cool thing, similar to like how it's a cool thing to go and smoke a cigarette when you're a teenager with the group. It was a cool thing to like, do you take your pill in the morning or in the evening, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> it was just like part of, of what women do kind of thing. The same like wearing high heels. It was just like part of maturing in this teenager mindset. And I know this from so many girls that so this is just like, it's this part of, I have to do this when I want to become a woman. But I feel like this is the most alienating step you can do in becoming a woman, actually. A hundred percent. As a yoga teacher myself, I have different groups, mostly women that I teach and work with. Uh, and I have like a, a nice group of women that are, you know, coming into themselves, like young, coming out of teens into their 20s sort of thing. And a lot of them are, you know, through yoga and more self-awareness, becoming aware that this pill that they've been taking that their parents have kind of expected them to go on not because they're doing anything wrong but because their generation doesn't understand what this pill does um are starting to think I don't I don't know if this pill is actually very good for me like or Mm -hmm. my doctor gave this to me because I have bad skin or um this is the only way that I can have sex with my partner safely and not knowing Mm -hmm. what this really means and does Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And I see this especially in the yoga circles, or like in the circles of inquiry, that then really comes this like, okay, because because there we learn already certain habits change our chemistry so deeply when just a yoga pose can change my hormones and my neurotransmitters, which change the way how I perceive reality and which change the way how I engage with reality. What, and then we learn how an onion just can have an effect on you, right? (laughs) Just like eating garlic or like this and that. And then it's like, whoa, which effect does actually all these things on me have? And how much do they actually alter the person I think I am? Which we nowadays know, like being on hormone alterations of any kind and this could even be with um, without medication just by enhanced stress levels which suppress the natural functioning and natural rhythm of a woman all these alterations of hormones they can change like how we smell so this means how who we are attracting into our life who we are attracted to also it changes the way and what we like, what we dislike, how we behave, how we sleep. And so some women actually awaken to that state once they heal the period, they're like, whoa, all these things I actually don't like. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't even like my profession so much. And right. not even to speak of the partner, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> because it, it has such a deep effect on our entire being, like our entire being. It's crazy. 100%. Um, and I think... Like if I'm speaking from my own experience, um, you know, because because I went on the on the pill for I don't know a few years, you know, coming into my early, uh, out of my teens and into my early twenties, and when I started to become aware of what was going on and that I didn't want to take any more pharmaceutical drugs anymore, especially because like my physical health was was good and getting better, um, mm-hmm. as I stopped taking it, I started to like 
feel like this anger this rage this these mm-hmm. emotions these tears like things that I I hadn't experienced before and mm-hmm. you know all, at a similar time getting deeper into my meditation um, and and wellness practice becoming aware that this pill that I had been taking every day for two or three years had turned something off in me that you know you just spoke mm-hmm. about that rhythm which I'm so inspired by especially now that I'm pregnant and as well and which is what I spoke about in the previous episode is like had been numbed into a dull noise yeah this is like it's inhibiting so much in us and I had the same experience like you say like this anger coming up this rage coming up also a lot of confusion coming up I I felt really lost actually like getting off felt like a little bit like a depression kind of because there was such a lack of direction because for the first time my inner direction was actually uh, kicking in Mm -hmm. but in the beginning the body doesn't even know how to do it actually it needs to cleanse from all the chemicals that it received in the first time and and then it's like it's not only that our hormones are like the boss of having a strong ovulation. They have so many different functions also to do. Like we need progesterone in order for our nervous system to regulate, which is the core for healing. If our nervous system is dysregulated, nothing can work. Like we simply cannot heal under the best treatment. We cannot heal when our nervous system, especially the parasympathetic response is inhibited and progesterone is such an essential key in making sure that our nervous system is regulated also our brain so that our brain can build new neurons we do need progesterone for that that we can sleep yeah it's a progesterone is a neurosteroid yeah so it's very essential for the healthy function of the brain which also shows why I feel like it was even almost a psychotic um, awakening kind mm-hmm. of when I got off the pill yeah. because, and this shows why it's like, whoa, now my brain actually starts to work fully <laughs> because it has the capacity again, it has its fuel, it has its nutrients again to actually start working. And then you become aware of many things that happen within you before your body just did not have the possibility to become aware of. And the same causes like all this, yeah, all this confusion and what we just described. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think firstly, it's, you know, the time in, in many young women's lives that this is happening, that they are starting mm-hmm. this. So it's like stunting the a, a different part of awakening in the body. And secondly, I think even if there is any small amount of education around taking these hormonal pills, it's... um there's no holistic understanding of what this does because you mm-hmm. know it, what these glands do you know how it affects mm-hmm. the brain how it affects the hypothalamus and pituitary how you know if mm-hmm. something's happening in these major glands which are you know connected to the mind connected to the brain then it's going to affect all the other glands in the body so it's it's so holistic what is happening and mm-hmm. through that lack of understanding you know i've spoken to older older women you know from a generation above ours who are when I speak to these younger women about at least understanding okay take these pills if you want to take them but make an informed decision take them Mm -hmm. knowing what they are doing to your body 
and then mm-hmm. you know the, the the older women from a, a, a generation above ours saying why are you doing that why are you telling them this because you know what mm-hmm. do you want all these women to have young teenage pregnancies no unless of course that's what they want and then that's their decision but mm-hmm. they they need to know that there are other ways to regulate the body and to understand the menstrual system yeah absolutely and I can also feel like this is in general, like a little bit of fear that is arising often there when it comes to holistic medicine, that many do rather go to modern medicine because they think holistic medicine means I cannot do this and that. I'm not allowed to this and that because it's more like in lifestyle medicine, right? But it's actually, as you say, it's taking a more informed decision, just knowing how does this one drip affect the entire ocean? a hundred percent and you know with all this in mind like um and that's what you know why I really particularly enjoy following your social media journey and like how you educate women and show them the joys of understanding their body holistically like what would you recommend to I'm gonna say just a younger woman because you know Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what the discussion is driving towards but to any woman that is thinking about finding different ways to um use contraception and to understand their body as a woman holistically Mm -hmm. i mean in general we especially when it's about uh contraception we can only get pregnant if we take it super super safely seven days a week yeah regularly just five days not a week a month actually or per cycle yeah if we take it very very safely just seven days we sometimes read that you can get even pregnant on your last day of menstruation already This is only the case if your cycle is very short, if you have like a 14-day cycle, then yes, this might be true. But when you have a regular cycle from at least 25 days up to like 35, 38 even days is kind of in a healthy frame, not ideal, but um, acceptable, then you can only get five to seven days per month actually pregnant. And you can measure this with so many different ways. You can measure that by tracking your temperature, for example. Just have in your night drawer half a, temper- a thermostat, and every morning you wake up, you check your temperature, you write it down. And around the time of around the time of fertility, there's like a massive drop happening and then a massive rise happening in the in the temperature and they can already see like oh wow this was a big change in temperature more significantly than before this is your fertility you wait 24 hours and you're not fertile no more simple as that so that's my way how i'm doing like i'm i'm having safe sex like with uh, additional protection methods sex between my menstruation and then until i have this significant rise and drop of my temperature and after that until you menstruate again until the last day of menstruation you can have safe sex actually so that's very very beautiful to know and you don't need much it takes like 30 seconds to execute that in other ways you can check your mucus which i also really love because the mucus your vaginal mucus is telling you so clearly where you are in your cycle and especially which imbalances are going on. You can read that a lot with your bleed also by analyzing the color, the consistency, the duration, things like this, the smell also. You can learn a lot about your overall health. You can use it as your monthly health report, so to say. But I really love also working with the mucus because it takes a little bit longer to learn and to learn to identify your specific language of your body 
But with this, it changes when you're fertile, when your body's preparing for fertility, and then when your body starts shedding the endometrial lining. And I love that because it's really getting in touch with yourself. It's like literally you get in touch with yourself. And this is so beautiful because you're also dropping that shame. And I feel like so many of us actually suffer because of the shame. We're even scared to tell our partner, hey, I have my menstruation or I'm bleeding. And so it's like, I get my days. It's that time again, you know, like, no, I'm menstruating. I'm on my period, you know. (laughs) My body's doing its natural rhythm. My body's speaking. My body's you know and that and it and it is it's beautiful and every woman has it but it's such a taboo and yes i do feel mm-hmm. like it is less of a taboo and as we become you know more in tune with ourselves as women we can speak about this more but i mm-hmm. you know every woman goes through that that feeling of shame and misunderstanding mm-hmm. and confusion about what the body is doing and i love what mm-hmm. you just said there about the body's language we there is no one in the whole wide world that knows you as an individual better than you and I understand Mm -hmm. the importance of seeking advice and help and information from healthcare professionals but quite often it is when you're you know especially when you're going down the western medicine route and I know this from when I was studying um, herbal medicine um, is you the average time, I mean, and this is in England anyway, but I don't know about the, the for sure, maybe you can tell me about Germany. The average time that a Western practitioner or general practitioner will give you when you go into their room is seven minutes. So if they've never mm-hmm. met you before, seven minutes to know your whole story, mm-hmm. to know where you've come from, to know your diet, to know what you feel good about, what you feel bad about, what brings you anxiety, um, your sexual partners, anything like this, seven mm-hmm. minutes, and then to prescribe mm-hmm. you a pill which is going to alter your whole body whereas Mm -hmm. if you begin to understand this language of your body and put in that energy and put in that effort and the excitement behind it Mm -hmm. you you don't need all of this other information it's just to you know support you or give you more facts or education that's what the, Mm -hmm. the this um extra info these extra um meetings with general practitioners do it's just advice Mm -hmm rather Mm -hmm. than something to like religiously Mm -hmm. live by. Mm -hmm. I really love how you shared that. And especially how you said that this excitement of getting to know yourself. And as you say, nobody, you are the one knowing yourself the most and the deepest. And it's really this excitement around. And I see it. So many people are excited about certain things in life, but they themselves on such a low rank on this list of excitement and curiosity also versus the more we start to learn about ourselves the more we learn about life actually like yes i'm i'm a big fan of going traveling for example i'm a big fan of seeing other countries but did you already see all your inner countries Mm. do you know your own inner map do you know how to read your body do you know all the places on your body right Do you know the places that hold fear? Do you know the places that hold anxiety? Do you know the places that hold joy and excitement and ecstasy? And I feel like this is something so important and so massively overlooked, like how deeply profound the body is and your connection to the body and that it is actually a universal map. Like the rules of truth you find within your body, if you dig deep enough, eventually apply to everything in life. And with this, it's that most 
profound container of wisdom you can actually find for yourself personally wow. and then as you say like how he said like it's what we learn from a practitioner it's not what we have to follow like in religion but as an advice i so love that because that's my mindset when i have something going on i still go to a general practitioner first of all i have the tools they have like the ultrasound they have an x-ray and things like this but on the other hand it's like i think it's smart to get yourself some opinions like one two three even about a certain thing but not opinions in a sense of truth just opinions possibilities to then take the most informed decision possible because honestly it's also sometimes easier just go to a general practitioner ask him like this and that is going on what could this be instead of asking dr google or instead of like reading now 500 pages around a book right it's <laughs> just the easier way but still taking into consideration does this make sense with me individually in my individual situation actually and what i feel also that's so important with holistic medicine and what i love about holistic medicine is to to see that medicine has really to benefit all aspects it's really about body mind and soul and if it doesn't feel good for my body for my mind for my spirit can it actually be true medicine will it eventually Re lead me to greater wholeness and acceptance and love in myself a hundred percent I love all of that and um I think another way of looking at it is um you know finding the balance with this information finding the balance in what is provided prescribed you know we don't have to do anything in an extreme way sometimes extremes are necessary mm -hmm. sometimes we do have to go the very strict western path sometimes maybe we do need mm -hmm. surgery sometimes we do need to take harsh mm -hmm. drugs same with the eastern path like sometimes we do mm -hmm. need to you know try shankar sharma like flush our whole body take everything out <laughs> only have like plain rice for three weeks you know these are extremes <laughs> But the, and, mm -hmm. they, and they have their place but how can we find the balance in that and that's another thing that I love about what you share is um you know even what you were sharing this morning about eating cake enjoying it you know okay I'm bleeding mm -hmm. I'm having I'm having the things that my body is asking for I'm sleeping I'm resting I'm taking time off work because that is what my body mm -hmm. is asking for I'm eating the sugars the things that I'm craving okay I don't do this every single day of the month but when I really mm -hmm. need it and it feels good I'm going to enjoy mm -hmm. it and and mm -hmm. and why not because you know that is part of finding the balance in our bodies um mm -hmm. is embracing the joys as well as the the breaks that we need to take absolutely like I got inspired like for this kind of like mindset because I read so often there's no pain no gain but I was thinking like but if there's no pleasure, there's no purpose. <laughs> Simple as that. Like, okay, no pain or gain. A little bit, it is true. Sometimes we do have to take the bitter pill, let's say like that. But it also really needs to be pleasurable because otherwise there's no, there's no purpose for living. That's what I truly believe. Like, I feel like ecstasy, enjoyment, excitement, exuberation, there's so tremendous parts of our being just as grief is just as suffering is part of it and we can make all these parts equal 
valid in our life. And I feel like with this comes in this really true, deep contentment, which eventually makes everything also less extreme. Exactly. And I think that that is something that, you know, um, because when I was on the birth control pill, I think it was from like 19 to 22, something like that. Um, I took a miniature one. So it was one every single day. So I, you know, I took a dose Mm -hmm. of this uh, pill every single day for such a long time. Uh, And then when I, you know, when I finally let go, it took a bit of time for my, my cycle to become steady. But I really started to embrace and enjoy the time that I was bleeding because it was a time for pain, (laughs) which can Mm -hmm. sound a bit morbid, but no, it was a time for Mm -hmm. me to embrace things you know all the things that maybe I'd been busy working um mm-hmm. you know I've always worked in a kind of field where I'm have to show up for other people you know even before the yoga world it was like hospitality and still you go up you show you show up you you serve the customer you know and you always have mm-hmm. to put on a certain face but like during menstruation it was a time for me to kind of just release let go feel anything mm-hmm. that I hadn't been given time to time for um also mm-hmm. a time for like extreme cravings you know I, I want to mm-hmm. eat I want to eat 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 and I would just <laughs> embrace it and enjoy it you know mm-hmm. because that was what my body was asking for like these are, mm-hmm. are different things um and you know the cramps okay it's not comfortable but it's a time for you to just ride that wave and it's back to that taboo thing and that kind of extreme of like not feeling like why are these not kind of celebrated as like rights of life as things that mm. we as women are, are gifted to experience this suffering mm-hmm. as something to learn from and grow from oh, that's such a beautiful way how you're sharing that and such a good question like and you just shared it I think today in your story right that also giving birth cannot be your greatest fear but your greatest accomplishment actually mm. and And I feel like this is so connected, like our society really pushed suffering, grief and mourning, like so far away. Mm -hmm. It became this, yeah, because we live in this very fast paced, fast entertainment world right now, like entertainment, distraction, fake joy, you can get so fast and so quickly without any resources basically you just open your phone and you can get any of that and I feel like this really also pushed our ability and our joy for grief for sadness really away like suddenly these parts are not acknowledged no more as valid emotions it's even taken off as weak because you're not choosing a path of quick entertainment of quick distraction and and with this and also like it got really catalyzed through fear, like mm-hmm. fearing grief, fearing death, fearing aging, fearing loss. Yeah. And I can even when, see when everybody does shame. it, everybody has to experience yes. it. it is part of life. Exactly. It's- every exhalation is that. Yeah. Like every single exhalation. But as I just shared it, I feel like it's actually like in really capitalistic motivated circumstance we found ourselves in. Like if we would be accepting that we lose all the time or we have loss all the time, if we would accept that letting go is part of life and death is part of life, I think we would actually be way less occupied with consumption and way more occupied with experience. For sure. 
for sure and And I think that's where it is a blessing you know if you um do have the opportunity to travel or experience different cultures in in Mm -hmm. whatever way maybe it's from like upbringing or roots or whatever it is you know that is something that I can safely say I learned from spending so many years in the east um, and understanding Mm -hmm. eastern cultures specifically you know Thai Buddhist cultures and Indian cultures where these you know parts of life are celebrated of course there is mourning mm-hmm. and sadness but it's a celebration because it's mm-hmm. normal <laughs> it's mm-hmm. normal like you said it is a capitalist thing a hundred percent and I think that is why so many women and I was speaking this in, about this in my last episode like so many women now um and I mean this with the greatest respect are becoming men <laughs> you know mm-hmm. I, I mean this in in mm-hmm. the way that they are like they you know they are expected to work 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 and I'm not saying that men have to do that Mm -hmm. either I'm just saying how society portrays man and woman you know western Mm -hmm. society portrays man and woman man being the the provider the breadwinner that one that goes to work 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 um and woman stays at home again I'm not saying this is Mm -hmm. the right way I'm just saying this is the expected way generally Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. now in now what's becoming more and more is that through the feminist movement woman is is wanting to do this for herself understandably Mm -hmm. no I can get Mm -hmm. up I can go to the office I can wear a black suit Mm -hmm. and tie and I can um, you know I can be the breadwinner I can be the provider Um, and Mm -hmm. that is where the you know the pill works because there's Mm -hmm. no time to have a week off there's no time Mm -hmm. to bleed and feel and have emotions there is a a nine-to-five job that needs to be done at the office there's a certain amount of money Mm -hmm. that needs to be made each year you know there's a a family that needs to be provided for and I feel this um, movement this capitalist movement is where so much of the imbalances come from because for example in my time in India I never met an Indian girl that had been prescribed this kind of medication to stop her her period in -hmm. fact many um young Indian women that I met they told me about um they would get uh, one or two days off when their periods start to Mm -hmm. rest Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. amazing unheard of Mm -hmm. where we come from (laughs) Mm -hmm. but incredible Mm -hmm. absolutely and uh, what I think is so sad about that that I know a few young women and they're very much on this very feminist track which I feel is not a feminist track I feel like it's an emasculation of the feminine track Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and they even shared like oh my gosh and it was so terrible I was in Nepal and the women the girls are condemned to they're not allowed to be part of society they're condemned into their heart they cannot even go out and cook for themselves and not allowed to leave well well I'm looking at them like I wish somebody would forbid me to cook in that time just bring me my food like come on eh? where's my heart (laughs) and that's the thing like our society really twisted this perspective like also that in many religions that the women is that the women in the east are discriminated because they're not allowed to to go into the temple when they're bleeding as if they're dirty where right. the truth is it's not because they're dirty it is because they still know how powerful a bleeding woman is a bleeding woman is the embodied bridge of conscious and subconscious it's like the the mother of the underworld in that moment it's like pure wisdom it's pure knowing and because they still know they're like you can come into our temple because the goddess will the shakti herself will knock on the door and be like 
oh, there's already Shakti in there and will leave. <laughs> yeah. And so the blessing of pure Shakti cannot come to the others in that temple in that moment. This is why a bleeding woman is not allowed to enter a Hindu temple while she's bleeding. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a lot of temples. I know when um, at our rebirth retreat in April, um, we went with Middle Path Movement and Rain and Us, we were in Jamaica mm -hmm. and uh, we went to a, a Rastafarian temple in the mountains. And a few of the women I know were pretty upset that they weren't invited into the temple because they were bleeding. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, one of the ladies, powerful, powerful woman who I think she said she was a mother of seven <laughs> was kind wow. of explaining explaining why you know she was like it is not because we don't respect you it is because we you know you are our, our empress you are our queen you are the fact mm -hmm. that you are bleeding is power um but it's a perspective thing isn't it I can see both sides mm -hmm. I can I can mm -hmm. definitely see both sides as to why it could feel um discriminating mm -hmm. because I was thinking the same in the beginning hey yeah yeah definitely <laughs> so was I I remember when I visited the same temple like eight years ago I felt the same way I was like what I want to go inside I want to be part of the ceremony why am mm -hmm. I not part of the ceremony um so mm -hmm. I, I I do get it and yeah it's a perspective thing and understanding why certain cultures feel a certain way yeah absolutely and I feel like it's also just like really under and, and the interesting thing is here now I got my thought back the interesting thing is you said that like our society doesn't really have space for that on the other hand I feel it actually does. And I really support and empower women in claiming their right to rest. Because when you look closely, well, actually, the woman is not for the same work, for the same time in Western, still making less money mm -hmm. as the man, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, girls, actually, you are freaking empowered to be at home three, four days every month. Because <laughs> you get less money. You get exactly that money less. Like, you get this money less so you are actually allowed to stay home like that's for me my justification and my my ticket interest because I feel like it would be a different story if we would get equal money then somebody could claim this is not fair she's dropping out three days a month where I'm like yeah but you're not getting the same money as a man so it's actually really fair you stay home and take the time to yeah. to live to live what it is true to be truly feminine actually well, yeah, I mean, I, I wish that, you know, corporations would offer this. I don't feel that they do. I've only worked, yes. <laughs> I've only worked in, uh, in a corporate environment once uh, in my life. Mm -hmm. I actually did it when I was pregnant with my daughter. It was really hard um, because I'd been living in Thailand for so many years and decided I wanted to birth her in the UK. I needed to get back into the system. So I needed to Mm -hmm. be employed and get a job as quickly as possible when I found out I was pregnant mm -hmm. um so I spoke about this before in a previous episode but yeah I I I found a job the first job I could find actually because it would have taken so long to build up a client base as a as a teacher and to establish my school so I needed to just get a job and no there was definitely none of that <laughs> it was definitely mm -hmm. I mean they were sort of understanding you know you know as I got more and more pregnant and I explained, oh, I need to, you know, I need to just lie down for a minute. You can go for um, 10 minutes. I'm like, 10 minutes? 10 minutes is not enough for me to rest my, mm -hmm. my body and 
Um, Mm -hmm. or, you know, there were some days that I just couldn't go into work. I just physically couldn't. I needed to just Mm -hmm. be horizontal and eat cake. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) no, because that was what you're so in tune with your body when you're pregnant, Mm -hmm. you know, even more so than when you're menstruating, I hope anyway. And, um, there's just some days you can't. And, um, my, Mm -hmm. my manager at the time kind of said to me, um, you know, I understand she was pregnant herself. She was like, I have empathy for what you're going through. But if you take another so many days off, like you will lose your job, like that sort of thing, you know? Mm. So yeah, there isn't uh, maybe in some offices Mm. more as people are becoming more aware, but yeah, there, there isn't space, space for that Mm. in in corporate environments. Obviously, you know, you're living a, a beautiful life. You're in Thailand right now, aren't you? Yes, I'm in Thailand. Yeah, living an incredible life, um, running your own business, running your own show. Um, what would your recommendation be for women, you know, that maybe aren't in that sort of environment in understanding mm. and getting more in tune with their body? Because I know, you know, from a perspective of like running um, retreats and running um, trainings, a lot of women specifically, as we come to the end of the retreat or the training, they're like, okay, so this is great. It was easy to disconnect. I feel at peace, but how do I find this peace and understanding in my Mm -hmm. body when I'm out of a retreat or training setting? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a really beautiful and probably the most important question here. Um, First of all, especially like in these environments where you have to work in a corporate world, where you're an employee, I feel like communication with the fellow women is key like i think this is really the path to success to allow to to become to receive the permission from outside to actually stay in tune with your body like communicating with the other women like it how do you feel while bleeding maybe connect even with them like how is your cycle going maybe we are uh Maybe we are complementary in a sense, like I'm bleeding this time, you bleed two weeks later. So maybe we can shift a little bit workload around, for example. You can go into communication, ask your boss if taking off these one, two days is not possible. Like, could you go just four hours into the office on these days, for example, and then put the other four or three hours onto different days around your ovulation two weeks later where you have way more energy and way more focus. Yeah. So this is one way to do. And I think like what also is a very great ally, definitely because relaxation is key for a healthy period. That's, that's the number one key. And for me, the greatest ally when I have to do stuff, when I mess up my cycle tracking or my scheduling and things like this, it's period panties. Like, I'm not kidding. It's not a crazy yogic city that we have to achieve here. It's just really period panties is such a game changer. Instead of wearing the pads, instead of wearing the tampons, or instead of wearing even a cup, just wearing a panty turns every situation so 180 degree around. Like, so, um, share a little bit, but I'd, I'd never used one, so I wouldn't know how to use it Mm. or what it means or yeah to be honest Mm -hmm. like if I'm being completely transparent they they've maybe scared me a bit (laughs) so I've I've never tried it okay Um, yeah so tell me more about it (laughs) 
I just love it. It's like a pandy that's from outside waterproof, like it, it's leak proof. And inside it's padded. You have them in different strengths. You have them for light, medium, and strong days. I have several for the strong days because when I go out, I take also an extra pair with me just in case. But usually they last. I have a very strong bleed on day three. And you just wear them like you would wear diapers, actually. Yeah. And, but they're very slim. You can't see, you're not puffy or anything from it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. They even have sexy models. I just ordered some for like something that I'd be interested in. Like, I'd still want to, I think that's a big thing for me is even if I'm having like a pajama day or whatever, I still want to feel, still want to feel good. I still want to feel beautiful. Yeah. You know, we should feel beautiful when we're bleeding. Yes, totally. Like I'm totally on the sexy front. Like (laughs) every single day. I just, even when I'm alone, it's so funny. I always get myself a little bit sexy. And now for this podcast, I put on a little bit of perfume. I put on my lipstick and everything. Cause it's just like, that's the vibe, right? (laughs) A hundred percent. We're empowered women. And, um, (laughs) you know, however we feel on a particular day, like, and however we want to express ourselves, even if we don't like it's, it's being able to, and feeling safe to do that. Um, even if you're just at home doing the dishes, because I know I would do it too. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> um, totally. Okay, no, I, maybe it's something that I'll try. You know, obviously mm-hmm. I'm pregnant now, but next year sometime I'll give them. I'll give mm-hmm. them a try. I think another thing is even having these kind of conversations to normalize it. Like I remember when I exactly. first started to use a cup. I mean, I personally mm-hmm. don't like using the cup. I find it quite invasive. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I did use it for a few years. Um, but but speaking about it, because especially when I started using it, people didn't didn't use cups very much or didn't or mm-hmm. they were a bit like confused or shocked or, you know, like, mm-hmm. what what is this thing? And knowing our different options for bleeding in the most comfortable way. Yeah, I think it's so important to just like, as you say, talk about it. And especially something like this, just being with your colleague, like, hey, did you try these period panties? They're awesome. They're really game changer for me because they're non-invasive. You can just relax and you feel safe, which takes away 50% of your cramps. Seriously, just feeling safe. And this is such a beautiful way to enter the normalization of such conversations because it's not necessarily about the bleed it's not necessarily about your feelings it's just about a product which is easy to talk you also go like hey did you check out this lipstick i really love it right like wow you have an amazing nail nail polish so it's like wow you have amazing period panties i love them right exactly it's normalizing (laughs) it i mean i'd never had that conversation about period panties and now i have so i feel like i've learned (laughs) a lot from this conversation you know and that it is just that safe communication and being transparent oh i because Mm -hmm. I've never spoken about it it's the unknown and the unknown is generally a bit scary but as soon as it's like out in the open it's not scary anymore Mm -hmm. exactly and yeah and I feel like breaking this taboo is like so vital for us to break the taboo in ourselves Mm -hmm. and this is so vital for getting to know ourselves how we talked before to getting to know the language of your body to getting to know your needs actually which differ from women to women throughout your cycle yeah. And uh, another great game changer for you definitely can be like herbs. I love working with very simple herbal adaptations throughout the cycle. For example, when we are close to our period, when it cramps start, warmth is so important. So in that time, I avoid cold drinks instead of an iced coffee. I would take a warm coffee if I can, even a pumpkin spice latte. 
mm. even in the summertime because mm. it helps me to have this warm nourished feeling yeah and i also then i skip the salad i rather go for like a warm buddha bowl or i go for like a spinach soup if I feel really like greens in that time we really try to favor like a warm easy things as much as possible i just recently described it to a friend like you want things to flow freely right so mm-hmm. you want to create an as freely flowing soft smooth environment as possible which is not created by eating let's say super crispy stuff like that's not soft flowing right <laughs> so invite these these attributes these qualities you want to have invite them into your life and your body will very quickly adapt and reflect that into how it's engaging and how it's functioning actually a hundred percent and again it's just going back to that understanding the the language of the body understanding what Mm -hmm. the body needs understanding that disease is disease and disease comes from Mm -hmm. that misunderstanding and Mm -hmm. it can be disease can be a great way to learn ourselves in in other way in you know in deeper more nourishing ways and even though mm-hmm. that can be quite a challenging perspective you know when you're in it and it feels uncomfortable and you know there's 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 fear and worry disease is it's it's a language it's a language mm-hmm. that we need to listen to and just like our menstruation which is it is a language that is makes us as women such deep and you know wisdom carrying beings and we are born with that gift of being able to understand that and experience Mm -hmm. huge and vast ways and have this rhythm which of course men have but ours is just louder and we can Mm -hmm. you know we've been taught for so many years and generations to keep quiet but our bodies are speaking loud we just need to listen Mm-hmm. yes very true and I feel like this is really the power to to allow to listen and to accept these different parts of us and for me that's a fuel for compassion it's a fuel for communication for understanding for forgiving so it's basically the fuel for like exponential love mm. to just see what is all part of life without judging it. It's not my bad period. It's not my bad period cramp. This is part of my body and the experience to become more harmonious and more balanced with myself, to find ease with me. As you say, it's the disease is the absence of ease, being easy with yourself, being exactly. really sitting in comfort with yourself the very way you are. And this is such a great entry into accepting everything of yourself. Like when we learn to accept that we bleed every single month for kind of no reason a little bit, yeah? Like no, yeah? When we learn to accept that, that is like, okay, shadows, you can come. <laughs> I'm really chill. Like whatever I'm going to see more in myself is like, okay, I'm I'm washed with all waters kind of, yeah? <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. And it's a it's a powerful perspective to have. It's a powerful perspective to have. So as we are, you know, coming to the end of the uh, this particular episode, although I'm sure we should do this again because this is such a mm-hmm. vast topic that we could go, we could speak about for days. Um, what would be like um, any advice or experience um, that you would like to share with the listeners about the best experience of bleeding? Mm. Like 
for me, what I really love, um, I have my ritual when I'm bleeding. And if I can, I take one day completely in silence, or if it's even just the afternoon, or I think if I would have children, I would ask my partner, like, or whoever helps me with the children, I would just ask, like, can you give me one and a half hours, maybe? And in these one and a half hours, I create myself the most beautiful temple like a really beautiful temple. I put up candles and play very calming music. I love beautiful chorus. They like always get me instantly into the vibe. And and then I just journal and I sit and I feel, place my hands onto my womb, no distractions, just breathe into it, give it love and nurturing from my hands. And with this, like just really reconnect with it. And then I just write. And sometimes I start with a sentence like, what does my womb know that I don't yet? And then I start writing with this question. And it's so beautiful, the insights that I'm receiving from that. The Yeah, it's so incredibly powerful. So for me, it was the greatest introduction into like really bleeding in bliss, enjoying the qualities the period has to offer. Powerful, mm-hmm. so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um. And um, and one more thing, um, because I think this is a huge thing, um, especially, you know, now that I'm based in a more Western environment and speaking to women who are very, um, you know, body conscious, work conscious, schedule conscious, (laughs) this Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Um, Like, how can you, you know, enjoy and embrace, you know, this very western lifestyle and even if you don't get that one and a half hours um to connect to the womb like how can you enjoy you know the gift of bleeding Mm. I think definitely with a cup yeah then using the menstruation cup instead of the panties to at least get connected with the bleed from an external level Mm-hmm. to let's say you have a super busy job you work in an let's say marketing agency right and it's not even nine till five it's like definitely seven till nine seven uh-huh. morning till nine in uh-huh. the evening you're really rushing you just have to take away food three coffees and things like this phone ringing all the time let's say dead environment at least take a cup and then in the bathroom take yourself the moment to look at your bleed at least feel it yeah to get to know it analyze the color and just start tracking that just track in your calendar how throughout your bleed your color looks like which intensity it has maybe there's a different smell to it and how does it feel and do your research what does this say over your overall body yeah and with this you will start and i feel like just tracking it already brings more balance awareness brings positivity it's always like that Mm -hmm. and and with this, at least you get from an external level into touch with it. And by my experience, then things align in beneficial ways. Like suddenly, maybe your period will then start to come on a Saturday that you really want to rest also, right? And with this, you already start to to learn about your body. You learn the language of your body. You learn the the message your body has to tell to you because all these things have different indications about your body. Maybe you need more carbs. Maybe you need more protein. You can see that on the color of your bleed. Maybe you need a little bit less high intensity, but a little bit more just walking or swimming a couple of days before your period. You see that on the clots in your bleed, for example. Mm -hmm. So, So I think this is a very good way 
Yeah, a hundred percent. And I work a lot with yes, people in the yoga world, but also like in the fitness world. I, you know, I work in a gym as well. And mm-hmm. more and more women and female personal trainers are reminding and, and showing their clients that um you will actually get more, you know, if training and keeping the body strong and um, fitness is what's inspiring and important to you, then you will actually find that you will work much better if you take those days off when you're bleeding, if you don't do that. Yes. And and even, um, you know, this is not a way that I've personally tracked my bleeding, but it's something that I'm interested to try now. But even for me, like a way I've understood mine is just tracking the days of my period you know you can get Mm -hmm. apps for that and something as simple as that has helped me to understand my body and that's how you know I've got (laughs) I've got twins on the way you know I really understand (laughs) my cycle um it was very easy for me to get pregnant and that was because you know I understood what was happening at different days of the month and also Mm -hmm. understanding why I felt particularly tired why I felt particularly Mm -hmm. emotional why I felt particularly energized just from understanding Mm -hmm. my schedule my my body's Mm -hmm. schedule which is Mm -hmm. like so simple and so revealing yes absolutely like I plan my business with my cycle I'm I'm a Capricorn woman, so even I live on Paradise Island. <laughs> if I wouldn't have my dogs, I was not on the beach every day. It's I my mean, dogs I that remember make me go to the beach every day. Business lady, yeah. business lady. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. And I, I right now don't want to have it in a different way. But I also I have these swings, right? Like I have these different energetic levels. And that happened to me for years. And you feel like super pumped up. You feel all vibed. You have great energy levels. You prepare the next week. You take in different calls and different interactions, this and that. And suddenly you're like, whoa, I'm really moody. I'm confused. I want to cry. I'm tired. <laughs> I have shitty focus. Awesome, right? I'm premenstrual. Guess what? <laughs> yeah. And now as I started tracking the cycle, it got so revealing and really mind-blowing because when you track your cycle, then I know now, oh, no, that's not a good week. Actually, in this week, I just see to get all my work done that I already have on my desk. And let's put this collaboration a little bit later. Let's put this creative meeting. Let's put it one week later when I'm like after my period, when I'm gaining energy again. You know what? Like the presentation of this new project to the big member board, let's put this around my ovulation. Like this will really kick in and people will love it and will buy it, right? Let's get this new job interview. Let's let's put it also around the time of the ovulation. These are all things that we can get by tracking our cycle. And really then start to benefit from it. We With this, this is the empowerment I was talking about. Like being a woman is not a curse. Just because a couple of days you're tired. It's also an incredible blessing. Like your body is pumping you up to be so wanted, right? There's a couple of days in a month. Everything wants you. Everybody wants you. You can <laughs> use that really, really well to your benefit. You know, like if you know when this is happening and how to schedule around these things. And this also showed me, like, I learned a lot from cycle tracking, especially in the beginning when I still had like very strong mood swings when I started working with this. The mood swings got less just by knowing, oh, it's that time again. This means, oh, in three days, I have my period actually. Okay. And then I already knew, oh, it's just three, four days. It made it so much easier to handle. Like there was an, it was not infinite emotional suffering no more. It was just a few days of irritation and that's it. And this made the moment of irritation so much easier to handle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just allowing ourselves to be. 
like mm-hmm. allow ourselves to be <laughs> like it's just it feels so simple but like yeah you know it's it you know it's part of the journey and it and it's a gift exactly. and the whole the whole journey of learning this language is it really is a gift and it, even if mm-hmm. it become it starts with sort of turmoil and confusion and humiliation mm-hmm. embarrassment whatever you know whatever it is for each individual woman mm-hmm. it is it's a gift and when I mm-hmm. speak to you know my younger clients and I, I see the, the opening of these doors for them even though of course I have the empathy and compassion and I know what they're going through I'm also excited for them okay wow you really are embracing the journey mm-hmm. of becoming a woman and what mm-hmm. a gift what a gift that mm-hmm. is <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it I so so freaking I love men they're like super super wonderful beings but I so love being a woman. <laughs> it's such a it's such a beautiful thing. Exactly, you know, and, and embracing that role and and all the mm-hmm. gifts that come with it. And we can mm-hmm. we can complain about what it's like. We can complain about our periods. We can cl- complain about labor and childbirth. Um, and why not? You know, there's nothing wrong with complaining. But it's um, also embracing and understanding what an honor. Um, mm-hmm. What an honor that that really 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 is what what great gift it is it revealed to me once um, my body stopped struggling so much because at one point I realized like whoa so much energy is drained by dealing with the symptoms by dealing with the confusion by for dealing to fight with being a woman so Mm. much energy got burned by that and one day I just asked my question like wow what if I had the energy of that left over in my life for doing the things I really want to do, actually? And it just like really accelerated my path of healing, of self-healing, because I stopped fighting. I started accepting and just started channeling also towards different priorities. And this really unlocked the gifts that my body has to offer me as a woman. Men have different gifts. They have a different rhythm. Yeah, they have especially the twenty-four hour cycle. We mm. have a twenty-nine day cycle. Yeah, but this like really catalyzed suddenly. Like, wow! I unlock these energies by starting to hear my body, my relationship with my body, and I had all this energy left to manifest and to receive and to create what I really want to have in my life, which is a tremendous gift. Like we, by healing, we stop from surviving and come into true existence. Mm. Wow. Powerful. True existence, understanding self, understanding the music of our bodies, understanding Mm -hmm. the music of other people's bodies, understanding Mm -hmm. what harmonizes, what creates discord. What a, Mm -hmm. what an absolute blessing this human experience is Saskia Mm -hmm. thank you so much for coming on Mm -hmm. to the podcast I really hope we can do this again soon because this is such a topic I'm (laughs) I enjoy um and yeah we will connect soon and I hope one day very soon I'll be back in the tropics running on the beach with your dogs (laughs) and my babies and having all the fun (laughs) under the sun Uh, I would love that so much all of it (laughs) (laughs) enjoy the rest of your day and we will reconnect again soon um for those of you who are listening um thanks so much for tuning in um please stay tuned for um more episodes i'm hoping with saskia but especially i've got an episode coming up soon about um the work of the doula so carrying on this theme of the mother miracle the woman miracle 
But until next time, know thy ego, know thyself. Egolution. <laughs>